0: This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Thank you for tuning in. And don't forget ProAmericaReport.com. Go there, sign up for the Daily Wink. It goes in your email box at 5 a.m. Just switch your email address in there. I promise, I don't sell it, trade it, borrow it, barter anything. I just will send you that email five days a week at 5 a.m. Pacific time. The Wink: What you need to know gives you an update on a number of stories and and what I what I think is the high priority. And right here in this segment, we talk about the Wink: What you need to know. Cover a few topics today, as usual, and uh, we'll break down some of what's happening. So first, let me uh, let me remind our listeners and uh, and oh, follow me at Twitter. Excuse me, follow me on. Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin at Eagle Ed Martin. In a few minutes, we'll talk with Selena Zito. You'll want to stick around for her. She's got an uh, an article. She's reporting on the door knocking on the campaigns door knocking on the campaigns. How many doors are being knocked? She's uh, got an interesting perspective. It's a, uh, it, uh, you know, my opinion on these kind of, I don't know, campaign stories, the way to read them is energy. Do you see lots of energy? What, that's what that means. That's the best way to understand it. I uh, will also talk with Congressman Andy Biggs. Congressman Andy Biggs It wants to extend the conversation on right to try. You've heard a lot about the president saying folks with cancer, folks with terminal diseases that uh, need just to, they want a right to try. They want to try a drug that may not be totally through the trials, but is not known to be harmful. Why not try if you're terminal? Well, uh, Congressman Biggs is saying, hey, on some of these things that we know are not harmful, Why not let us try if you got the coronavirus bearing down on you? So we'll talk to him about that interesting perspective. He's the head chairman of the Freedom Caucus, so he's got a uh, a, a following in that sense. Okay, a couple things to cover. Uh, We've been talking for three or four days, maybe a week. Last week we started talking about it, the question of Big Ten football. Well, yesterday the Big Ten Conference, Inc., conceded in Nebraska court That there was, in fact, a vote to cancel football. It was 10 university presidents to three with one university president absent. There is not confirmed reporting, but the unconfirmed reporting is that it's Iowa, Nebraska, and Ohio State that voted against canceling the football season. I'm not sure that's right. Well, I don't think we know that yet, but that's what's reported. So here's the thing. Now we know that there was, in fact, a vote. One, one person was absent, so the 13 out of the 14 university presidents of the Big Ten are who decide. So that's interesting, and I think there's going to be some—I don't know that lawsuit has much way to go forward, but we'll see. But— Earlier today, this afternoon, as the president was heading off to Wisconsin, he tweeted that he was uh, in. He had just talked to Kevin Warren, the the, chair, the commissioner of the Big Ten, about getting back to football immediately. And he said he was optimistic. Trump was that, it, and in fact, he said, "We're on the one yard line, saying, you know, maybe we can score here." Here's what I'm telling you. I've already told you about this. I did some interviews this morning on some other radio shows that wanted to update on politics and all. And I said, look, you want to talk about sort of the perfect storm of presidential year uh, politics? You know, the Big Ten, you know, maybe Rutgers in New Jersey. New Jersey's not too much in play, but Penn State in Pennsylvania, Michigan and Michigan State in Michigan, Ohio State in Ohio, University of Wisconsin in Wisconsin. I guess Indiana University's Indiana is pretty safe. but Iowa, University of Iowa, all these schools... And they felt like, huh, well, they canceled our football. And President Trump has been saying, let him play, let him play. And now he's talking to Kevin Warren and saying, let him play. What if they reverse course and let them play? I think that's the end of the election, right? Trump wins Pennsylvania. As the Penn State Nittany Lions take the field on what? the, the uh, What would it be? The 31st on Halloween, October 31st, four days before the, uh, the election, you don't think voters are going to be thinking that's a president gets it done. I don't know what's going on with Obamacare, but he got a football back for Big Ten. I mean, it's just it's, it's too it's too easy. I don't know if that's going to happen, by the way. I mean, Kevin Warren has dug in. If you look at the record of the Big Ten Conference, Inc., they sort of mapped a path and they did it, I think, to cover their tail. Because after first they didn't cancel it. They first they did not cancel the conference, the football. Instead, they announced uh, a conference-only uh, t- um, schedule on about October fifth. Then on October eighth, they announced something like, um, "Hey, we got to use better um, some some better uh, procedures." Then on October uh, excuse I'm saying October August August fifth, August eighth, then August eleventh, they canceled the season abruptly. About a week later, they did a, a statement to an open letter. And in the open letter, they basically justified what they'd done. So they seem to be covering their tail, worried about how it looked and all. Now they're talking about, about, well, over the weekend, they talked about coming back by Thanksgiving. Now President Trump is tweeting they may come back now. If, if, they, if he gets them playing football in the Big Ten, the election's over. I'm just, that's my prediction. I mean, that's what I'm saying. All right. So, and back to, let's say, so what other things you need to know? Now, the Kenosha, uh, uh, I put on uh, Periscope. If you go to at Eagle Martin and follow me on Twitter, I'd appreciate that. And I also do a Periscope, which is a, a video version of Twitter, at uh, Eagle Ed Martin. And I put in there the uh, Kenosha and the hashtag Biden riots. Using the term hashtag Biden riots on Twitter is making the left crazy. Here's what I mean by this. Uh, the president says, I'm going to Kenosha. Some of the folks in Kenosha say, please don't come. We don't want the attention. The Blake family, you know, the people speaking for them say, don't come. I don't think they did that, by the way. I I don't know. I just give people space and dealing with their son being shot and then he's, he's hopefully stable and all. But here's the thing. Trump doesn't mind a sort of risky move. And here's the risky part of it. It's not there's not really a downside. He goes there. He's meeting, he met with law enforcement. He sees the damage. He shakes his head and said, This is terrible. And the Biden campaign is saying, Ha ha ha, this is because of, uh, of Donald Trump. Nobody believes that the people that show up and burn buildings and loot and are violent with Black Lives Matter and black outfits and, and masks, uh, you know, and, 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 uh, and equipment to, to be rioting, nobody thinks they're MAGA people. It, it just doesn't work. That's not the move you can make that gets this solved. And so you're seeing Biden, he's in a, te- he's in a terrible political box. I mean, I'm happy to see it because I'm not a fan of his policies, but he can't get out. Kamala Harris, his running mate, her staff was bailing, was putting money up to bail out the either Seattle or Portland rioters. And, and, and the people that support this, these, these kinds of activities are all on the left that they've taken sort of over the party. So you have a position where even though Biden is saying he's against it, he wasn't against it two weeks ago and he can't really be against it broadly. It it doesn't seem to me to be um, something that he can, you know, handle and put him get himself out of the box. And so it's uh, it's it's amazing to watch and it's incredible to see. And the president doesn't mind. He's the president's got more political courage. If you if you like him, you say, man, he's got political courage. Um, But if you don't like him, you say, man, he's crazy. He just goes wading in, but he doesn't mind. He doesn't mind the risk. And the upside is significant. I mean, it's significant for him to be there. And here's how you know. (laughs) This is really important. Here's how you know what you need to know is Trump doesn't mind. But here's how you know there's a problem. What you need to know is last Thursday night, Don Lemon on CNN, I think he was handing his show off to Chris Cuomo. Maybe it was the other way around. Maybe Cuomo handing it to Lemon. I don't know. I forget. But they have a couple of minutes where they talk to each other. Uh, Hannity and Tucker do this, too. And so Don Lemon says, you know, Chris, we've got to stop this riot, the protests and rioting, the violence. It has to stop. It's showing up in the polling. It's not that it was wrong. It's showing up in the polling. And after Don Lemon said that, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris started to change their position. But here's the story that no one's saying what you need to know. Where's the polling? In the last week, about nine days since the Democrat convention ended, there's been almost no polling. There's not been all the polls you expect to see Rasmussen, by the way, the Rasmussen polls pointed this out. Where's all the polling? They're doing it. There's no way CNN's not paying for polling in this period. And the answer is it's bad news for Biden. It's bad news for Biden, so they're not going to show it. It spoils the narrative if they have to show that Biden's suffering, that Biden's losing. That Biden's ground and even Politico, what Politico, which leans left, had a piece in the in the, in the front page of their um, website today, this morning, I think it was that said Minnesota's in play. How can it be? Well, first of all, Minnesota, Trump only lost by 30 or maybe 30,000 votes, could be 40,000 votes in 2016. Didn't even compete there much. So he's been wanting to go back and compete. But they burned Minneapolis up. So there's lots of people in Minneapolis and in Minnesota that are saying that doesn't look good. Who's on our side? Where's the law and order guy? Oh, it's Trump. Okay. So of course it's closer. So you have Don Lemon saying we got to stop the violence because it's showing up in the polling. And then and then uh, Biden and Kamala Harris start to change their position. And we don't see any polling. Isn't that funny? Isn't that convenient? What you need to know is they're the fix the fake news is in the tank as usual, and they don't want to show you the truth. And they're gonna start starting to get really nervous as he fades, as Biden continues to fade. So we gotta take a break. When we come back, we will talk with Selena Zito and then our old friend Congressman Andy Biggs. Be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro America Report on the Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro America Report. Our next guest is an old friend of mine and an old friend of the late Village Schlafly. He and his wife, Congressman Andy Biggs. And uh, Congressman Biggs uh, has been, um, he's been serving the, let me get a fifth district, the fifth district of Arizona. Uh, his wife and he have six children, a bunch of grandchildren. He's great. He's now the, um, uh, he's the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, which means he's a great fighter in general and has been trusted with leadership. And uh, last year, I think it was last year, I can't remember, Congressman, maybe two years ago, uh, he, he and his wife were honored uh, guests at our uh, Eagle Council, where we honored his wife for her great uh, role in his uh, family as a homemaker, full time homemaker of the year award, which was really fun. And uh, there's lots of stories there. But I, I wanted to bring Congressman Biggs on today. In particular, one of the successes of the convention, the Republican convention, was highlighting the president's um, uh, signing right to try, which meant if you have terminal illness, you should be able to try anything you want. If you're dying, you should try, you know, within reason, your medicine, if it's, if it's in experimental stages, try it. That's the point. And, and there's all stories about people who got a little extra time, got a little bit more opportunities. And Congressman Biggs made a great connection in the time of the pandemic to uh, the, the COVID, the coronavirus, the China virus, and what we're doing. So first of all, welcome to the program, uh, Congressman Biggs. How are you today?
0: I'm great. Ed. Thanks for having me. Good to be with you.
1: Well, it's great to be with you. And I remember, by the way, before you were in Congress, I think Phyllis gave me one of your books. You wrote a book on the Constitution and you served, of course, in the Arizona legislature for for 14 years there. So tell me, uh, first of all, Congressman Biggs, how do you feel about the election cycle here? You know, you, you, we're, we're 62 days out. What's your feeling on you start to, as a politician? You've got enough of these under your belt. Where do you think we are?
0: Well, I think momentum right now is in, uh, on the Republican side. The conventions uh, were a stark contrast to each other, and uh, the, the, you could see it. Democrats got no bounce. President Trump got a bounce in his approval rating, and uh, the polling data I've seen since then shows that there's a bounce. And so, and you know it's a problem because the Democrats now are trying to rewrite the present. Not, re- not revise history, but rewrite present, because what they're doing is, <laughs> right. is they're saying, look, uh, okay, there are riots, um, but it's not from Antifa, BLM, uh, communist, uh, socialist thugs. It's really because of Donald Trump. So they're trying to change the narrative back and go to their old standby, which is, is just, uh, hassle the president. So I think that's indication that they know that their, their fortunes are sagging a bit. And so that's good news for us. We need to we need to put pedal to the metal and, and run this thing across the line over the next two months.
1: You know, uh, Congressman, uh, we, I'm sure you'll agree that that this um, that President Trump's uh, as a political um Candidate, an entity, he's extraordinary. The people that are for him are running through fire for him, and then uh, and then within the Republican Party, now it's you know ninety five six percent are with him. Um, do you you know? And then every off year, you know, in twenty eighteen, it was tough because the Trumpers didn't necessarily run through fire for the congressman or their Congress congressional candidate. How do you, how do you feel on the uh, a turnout Arizona where you are? You got some you got Senate races, uh, and you got I mean a lot of action there. What's your sense in Arizona? Where's Arizona? Fitting in this this
0: year. Uh, we're going to have a, a, a high turnout. Uh, Arizona is a swing state. Uh, I, mean, Ed, I was just uh, looking at numbers again this morning. Uh, we have the potential of either going back to uh, five four Republican majority in the uh, congressional delegation, or we could lose it mm-hmm. and go uh, two Democrats in the Senate and six three in the in the House. I mean. We're at a crossroads in Arizona, and it's going to be uh, a lot of money being spent here, a lot of attention, spotlight, and focus on Arizona.
1: Yeah. All right. Now, I'm sorry, thank you for I digressed into those because I thought I'd get you. While I have you. But now this this piece that ran um, over in the uh, Washington Examiner, you wrote a couple days ago, almost a week ago. Now, uh, patients deserve a right to try drugs that are safe and might help with covid. Walk us through. I th- Walk us through what you meant and specifically who's not allowing it. Is this is this Congress have to act? Could the president do it? What, what's happening here? Walk us through this piece.
0: OK, so so I'm taking. The notion that uh, that hydroxychloroquine and then there's several others uh, have been shown observationally in more than 50 studies to have some uh, basically curative or in, in some cases even a prophylaxis effect on hydroxychloroquine provided they're within the first three to five days, in other words, early onset of symptoms. If you mm-hmm. wait till the end uh, uh, when everything's inflamed, uh, HCQ doesn't do, do anything. Um it's a safe drug. We've, it's been around for 60-some-odd years. Uh, it, FDA has said it's safe uh, for use. We don't put any restriction on it for pregnant women or, or people with hypertension or anything like that. So you know it's safe. And it is also potentially curative. Uh, so why would you not allow that to, to be used unless the determination be made between patient and doctor on that? Um you know so, so, what we're talking about is uh, you have governors and public health officials in states all over this country who have said and, and and a lot of this was done because the FDA kind of put out some guidance that was uh, amorphous they weren't clear on the guidance, uh, but you have mm-hmm. the health officials that are saying you can't use this, and they're sticking their nose between the patient and the doctor on a drug that's safe and so, for instance, in Arizona. It is basically illegal to fill a prescription for somebody who is not getting HCQ for lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, or for malaria. And uh, that's that's absurd. Uh, the, the government has bought up, I think, the number, uh, amount is 100 million doses of this, of hydroxychloroquine. It's extremely cheap, and it is uh, places all over the world. You can get it over the counter in many many countries of the world. And it's it's and it's a safe drug that seems to have some positive effects. So let us ma- let us make that choice. Let us as free individuals make that choice uh, after meeting with our with our uh, physician.
1: We're talking with Congressman Andy Biggs, uh, chairman of the Freedom Caucus, among other things, and, and Congressman from Arizona. So who's in who's in the way? I mean, in this case, again, you, you've been battling, you, you you are in the state legislature, you've been battling these these bureaucrats, and, and, and it doesn't have to be one party or the other. Sometimes it's no party. Sometimes it's Republicans, too. But who who who's in the way here, and who could move this? Who could make it change?
0: Um, on the state level, it's generally the governors or the bureaucrat that is in charge of public health. Um, they're the ones that have issued mm-hmm. these, uh, these edicts. At the federal level... Uh, the FDA has been all over the board on this uh, and not been clear that, that they would approve off what's called off-label um, uh, use of these drugs. So so here's the way to think of it, Ed. Doctors use this all the time, almost 20%, maybe a little over 20% of all prescriptions are written in what's called off-label. So uh, you, you're taking a, a drug that, that's working for, I don't know, let's say diabetes, but but they find out it's helpful for, uh, you know, colon disease or something like that. So they say, well, you right. know, we're going to pre- prescribe this to you. It wasn't what it was approved for, use on FDA, but it's safe, and it has some it appears to have some effects, so doctors are going to prescribe it. So you have the FDA sending that bad message, and, and basically the president um, could if he's willing to take the political hit because I and mean, everybody blames the president for everything as we were talking about earlier uh, he <laughs> right. he could he could probably um, uh, order some some quick review by fda um or or maybe even issue an executive order but but that's very difficult for him to do. He doesn't want to uh, be a dictator he wants the state right. to 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 do this uh, and he's respectful of of federalism and and golly, these states have just uh, been uh, petty tyrants, filled with petty tyrants. Isn't
1: isn't your guy isn't your guy in Arizona a Republican? Couldn't he do it? Oh yeah, the but governor
0: he won't do it. Uh, he won't do it. I mean, Arizona, uh, as of several weeks ago, was considered the the ninth most restricted state in the country. Um, hmm. And that's what that's what the Republican. And uh, the legislature can't call itself back into session here because they don't have the votes because the Democrats won't vote with them. And you have to have two thirds votes to get back in special session. Otherwise, I they see.
1: Do it. I see. I see. Wow. OK. All right. Let me put you on the spot. Then one last thing. Uh, we're talking with Congressman Andy Biggs. Um, Donald Trump in Arizona. Can he pull out Arizona this year?
0: I think he can. Um, I was just looking at, at uh Numbers from last time, and, uh, yeah, he he had a healthy margin here last time. Mm -hmm. Everything is tied to President Trump in Arizona. So if he does well in Arizona, uh, we do well, uh, congressionally and legislatively. If he doesn't do well, then he doesn't. So this is why I'm optimistic, but it's going to take a lot of hard work. And we're getting a lot of people out, a lot of enthusiasm in uh, Arizona for for President Trump. Hmm.
1: All right. Hey, thanks for taking the time. I know it's busy. Congressman Andy Biggs, I'll put all his stuff, his piece up in the Washington Examiner. I'll put it up on social media. Appreciate your time, Congressman.
0: Hey, thanks, Ed. Always good to be with you. Keep fighting the fight, my friend.
1: All right. We'll we'll talk again soon. We'll take a quick break. Be right back. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Our old friend, the intrepid reporter, Selena Zito. Go to selenazito.com, S-A-L-E-N-A-Z-I-T-O.com, and you can sign up. She'll send an email when she's got, she writes in the New York Post, uh, she writes in the, the uh, Washington Examiner, she's on CNN some, she's all over the place. And so uh, she wrote a piece a couple days ago in the Post, the New York Post, that's, uh, the title was, The door-to-door army that helped Trump win in 2016 is ready for battle. And she's, of course, she is from Pennsylvania, so she wrote this one, she's writing about Western PA. So welcome back, Selena, how are you?
2: I'm swell. How are you? Thanks so much for having me.
1: I'm doing fine, and um, my po- my question here. I'm actually looking at your piece, and the, on, the, on the New York Post website, um, there's another piece from a few, maybe a month and a half ago. Biden is facing a real enthusiasm problem in his home state. That's a two months ago. On your, uh, you wrote that, but but this newer piece is about the door knockers. And I told someone the the Trump campaign is knocking hundreds of thousands of doors, a million across the country. And I think when they asked the Biden campaign, maybe you did, they're knocking zero, like they're doing nothing. Now, it doesn't mean that much. It doesn't mean everything. But it shows something about where the campaigns are. So tell us about what you saw in this, uh, what you saw, what you wrote about in this piece.
2: So the mighty uh, American task force uh, began as the mighty Texas strike force. Uh, And what they do is they go to battleground states like Pennsylvania and uh, Wisconsin and Michigan. And they, on their own dime, these volunteers, most of them used to be from Texas. Now they're from all over the country in either safe red states or blue states that will never move. And they they essentially move into places like Pennsylvania for about 15 days, and they spend the time knocking on
1: Oh, we lost you a little bit. Hold on. You'll come back, I think. Uh, you you cut out. We're talking about Selena Zito. Go to selenazito.com, and you can get signed up for her website. And I, she's mentioning this um, this organization, which is called the Mighty American Strike Force. There you go. Now you're back, Selena. <laughs> yeah. You went out for a minute. Um, go ahead.
2: Sorry. Sorry. And, and so all right. they, uh, they, they they go across the battlecom states, and they, they spend their time— uh, getting people to turn out to vote. They knock on doors. Uh, they, they drive people to the polls. Uh, they make phone calls. It's all about peer-to-peer contact to see what voters are showing up and where those voters are located and if they need help in getting to the polls on Election Day.
1: Hmm. And when you talk to those folks, are they... So, so uh, th- th- one thing about knocking on doors is if you knock on doors and waste your time, it's not too effective. Meaning, you just can't knock on only people that are against you. It just doesn't do much good. So, how sophisticated is this group of the mighty, uh, mighty what is it called, the mighty American uh, uh, strike force?
2: Strike force. Uh, they're very sophisticated. They understand who the persuade, who their, who their voter is, reliable voter, but also who the persuadable voter is, and that's really important uh and, and to make you know what we what we realize now or what they realize now is that voters are home so they can make that mm. eye contact oh. they can make that argument uh in, in in an effective way in a way that the people have haven't probably not been able to do you know, for a generation
1: Hmm. That's interesting. I hadn't thought I hadn't. I actually hadn't put that together. That's about that's exactly right. Everybody. Everybody's home. I mean, there, so few vacations yeah. in August uh, out, out, out of town. Um. All right. So tell me, Pennsylvania, Biden comes out of the Delaware bunker and goes to Pittsburgh. Um, you know, in, in your piece, you know, the, the, the reason the door knockers are there for the mighty task force is because they the Trump people know Um. how, you know, much much there is to worry about in Pennsylvania. What's your sense on the ground? Where do you think? Things are how fluid is the race?
2: It's about a one point race right now. Uh, could go either way for uh, yeah, either Biden or Trump. I would say that at the moment Trump is surging, or that that Biden is falling apart. Not quite sure which it exactly is. Might be a little bit of both. Trump had a very effective uh, convention when it came to storytelling with uh, the different varieties of different people that talked about their lives in America successful and also tragic stories. That was very an uh, that was a very effective in that way. He tried to earn new voters and he tried to be aspirational. So that has helped move him. It what also has helped move him is he's been effective on uh, supporting the police, but also supporting people whose lives have been impacted by the riots across the country.
1: Hmm. We're talking with we're talking with Selena Zito SelenaZito.com, uh, again is the place to go. I want to ask you, if any, I don't know if, if you've if you commented publicly on this because I think you could be the definitive person. But you tell me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Th- three three weeks from this Saturday, if Alabama is playing Auburn in football. And Penn State is not playing football. Aren't we looking at like near riots? I mean, pencils. Penn State fans are going to lose their mind, aren't they?
2: Yeah, it's um, it's not going to be good. And and it's 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 it, it, it's it's a cultural problem. Football from Friday Night Lights on on in, in high schools to college footballs on Saturday. Those games are the things that are the tides that pull us together in communities. And without them, there's a real sense of loss in those communities when we don't have anything that pulls us together anymore.
1: Well, and, and just earlier today, Selena, we're talking with Selena Zito, selenazito.com and get signed up and she'll send you an email. You'll see all of her writings there. The, earlier today, the president tweeted about calling, he called the, or they spoke, Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner about getting back to football right away. I mean, it, it, you talk about it, it, things that are effective in a local community. If you're on the side of, Hey, let's play football. And I think Biden is racing to be on the same side, but Trump said we're on the one yard line about coming back if trump can somehow help them get back to football isn't pennsylvania over doesn't trump win pennsylvania <laughs> well
2: i think it'll be a lot of reasons why Pence, trump may win pennsylvania that could be that could definitely be part of that <laughs> people like it'll help someone in command of a situation absolutely
1: yeah. I, I mean, I just can't, I can't imagine. Again, remember, think about how crazy it is. If we, if I told you, if I called a year ago and I said, Hey, what if we do something that makes it so there's no college football in Pennsylvania, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan and Michigan State, Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin, University of Iowa. I mean, Ohio State, you just get to the point where now the real question is how many diehard football fans are going to go to the polls because they're mad about it. I, you know, I don't know what it changes, but if you're looking for momentum, We talk with Congress. uh, I can talk with Congressman Andy Biggs about Arizona. You just start to feel a direction in in election cycles and in campaigns, and you say, "Hey, this is going the right way." That's a big one. If down the stretch people are are either frustrated. Oh, but here's my other question for you, Selena. how do you think, in places like Pennsylvania and these targeted states, the, the schools returning and the struggle to go back to school is going to play out? Does that have a political advantage for anybody? I know it's going to be really hard for families. Is there a political advantage for one party over the other?
2: I think the, 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 the person that is behind kids going back to school probably has the advantage. Uh, this, is, this is not good for our kids' education. It's not good for our children's mental health. And this is not coming from me as a person. This is coming from me re-reporting on this, not just from parents who are experiencing this, but from um, pediatricians who warn about the dangers of this for, the, for, for a child's well-being.
1: Right. Yeah, it's uh, it seems to me, I I, th- I agree with you, and the question becomes, uh, you know, I, tr- well, Trump's been saying go back to school, go back to school, but I'm not sure, you know, at the local level, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, one last thing, has this governor of Pennsylvania, where you're most familiar, Governor Wolf, is, is he, he started out seeming to do well in the crisis, he was given credit for being on top of things, I think it's turned on him, where is he right now in terms of, I know he's not up for re-election for a couple years, I think, but, uh, uh, or is he, and what's his status?
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's not up for re- re-election at all. I, I, I'm curious to see what the impact is on his party, the Democrat Party, uh, based on the restrictions that he has kept in the state, uh, and and in yeah. the fact that he's sort of, in the beginning he was good, but towards the middle and and currently he's all over the place, and that that does not give people a sense of stability. Uh, And when you lack stability, you look at that person and the party they're associated with and you wonder, well, where's my state senator on this? Where's my state rep on this? And so it can impact down ballot races in a way that maybe we're not thinking about.
1: Yeah. Okay, selenazito.com. Go there and get signed up. You need to do it. She's writing all the time, so you get an update there. Thank you, Selena, for the time. I appreciate it.
2: Thanks so much for having
1: me. Have a great day. All right. We'll take a quick break. and we, we come back, we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up. I hate to be a one-trick pony. I talk about the Big Ten football. But again, I just got to tell you, I think the issue is one of those ones that you could never see coming, and it's going to have an impact on a lot of people's uh, sort of mindset going into the election. All right. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Pro America Report
0: on The Answer, San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, the conservative pro family broadcast of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a leading voice for the sanctity of life,
1: traditional education, the Constitution, and American sovereignty. Now, here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. COVID's effect on education opens new doors for America's conservatives. More parents than ever before are taking time to reflect on what they can do to get personally involved in their children's education. At Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, we're striving to provide guidance to parents as they think about their next step, whether that be public schooling, private schooling, homeschooling, or some combination thereof. If you're thinking about pulling your children out of the public school system, here are a few things you should know. The task of making educational choices for your children may seem daunting, but you are the one best equipped to make the decisions about education. Teachers unions have spent decades pushing the false narrative that education is best left to the professionals. Nothing could be further from the truth. No one cares about your children more than you do. Also, you have more resources available to you and to your children than at any other time in our history. The Internet isn't just for distance learning. It also opens doors for a host of other online educational resources for children and teenagers at any level. You can learn about different teaching styles, different curricula, and different groups of like-minded parents in your area. Perhaps one of the most important things to remember when making educational choices for your children is to give them a solid foundation in reading. If your youngsters learn how to read properly from a young age, there's nothing they cannot accomplish. Always make sure they're learning to read with the phonics method rather than the whole word or look-say method. Your children should be taught the different sounds made by different letters so they can sound out words they don't know. Phyllis Schlafly Eagles continues to distribute Phyllis' landmark curricula for teaching children how to read with phonics, which she called her first reader and her turbo reader. Phyllis knew that creating lifelong learners means equipping children with the tools they need to grow with every new word they come across. Only phonics can give children these tools, and only you can make the right educational choices for your family.
0: Parents and grandparents jumpstart the education of that child you love so much with a proven phonics course. With TurboReader, anyone at any age can learn to read. For free information on Phyllis Schlafly's Turbo Reader, call toll-free 1-866-TRY-TURBO. Open the door to a lifetime of reading and self-motivation. Call 1-866-TRY-TURBO. Thanks for listening and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report.
1: Welcome back. Ed Martin here in a pro America report. Don't forget, go to proamericareport.com and get all these segments, all these interviews there. That's great. Selena Zito, uh, interview. Uh, you can go listen to proamericareport.com. You can also sign up there for the daily wink. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin. Tell your friends and neighbors spread the word. Okay. I want to wrap things up. I alluded to this. Maybe it was off the air as I was talking to Selena getting ready just earlier today uh jack pasobic who is great to follow on twitter at jack pasobic uh, p o s o b i e c a lot of you that follow him he's a boy he's got like a million followers he's he works for one america news among other things and he's just very smart and clever and savvy uh on the uh on the old digitizing machine and he tweeted earlier today that the mayor of d c her advisory committee for um, what's it called? For uh, let me get it right. Um, the it's incredible. The uh, mayor's uh, National Capital Memorial Advisory Commission recommends the removal, relocation, or contextualization of the following assets—is what they call it. So get rid of the Christopher Columbus Columbus Fountain, Benjamin Franklin statue, Andrew Jackson statue, Jefferson Memorial. George Mason Memorial, Francis Griffith Newland's uh, foundation um, fountain, Albert Pike statue, and, most amazing, the Washington Monument. Now think about this. The mayor of D.C., remember the president was mocked. In fact, in the famous um, interview that he was, he is misquoted on regularly when he was referring to the Charlottesville, and I call it the Charlottesville hoax. He remember he said something like, you know, there's fine people on both sides of the statue debate, but I condemn. He said in the next sentence, I condemn. I don't. He said I don't mean the neo Nazis and and white nationalists. They should be condemned by everybody completely. But he went on to say, what are you going to do? You going to take down Jefferson because he was a slave owner? What are you going to do? Take down Washington? This is two and a half, three years ago. And his point was, where does this end? Well, we know. Now we know it doesn't end. It just doesn't end. It's never going to end. It's not going to happen. They're not going to let it happen. And I was reminded of this. It's very interesting. So let me link something together for you. The New York Times, of which I read, so you don't have to, and they had a piece about the Nazis, okay? Now, the, the, the piece is on how there's an automotive uh, a company, autom- automobile company called Continental, And uh, it is now a German company. It's admitted that it was a Nazi accomplice. The company, not the people. They're long gone. And they're they're mea culpa, mea culpa. And and there was also a a recent uh, um, story in the New York Times about how the last, uh, no, Wall Street Journal, the last of the Nazi trials, there was a 92-year-old man or something who was tried, who was a, a, a SS guard. But you know what? Nobody, first of all, it, it, my point is it never ends. If you've conditioned people to say that the history of America is so negative, I'm not saying it is like the Nazis, but that's what the left wants us to think, then you can't stop. And you have a DC mayor who's painting the streets with Black Lives Matter, can't keep and then uh, wanting to take down the Washington Monument and can't keep her streets safe to have a senator walk from, a, from the White House to uh, back to his car. But here's the, the, here's one question I want to ask you. This you'll smile here. I'll spin this all the way around. You know who has said in interviews that he participated participated with the Nazis seizing assets at the end of World War II? Do you ever hear this? It's he didn't he didn't concede this on some small time TV station. He was on sixty minutes, and his father backed up this this account. And the, the account is that at the end of World War II. Not that the war wasn't over yet. There were Nazis in occupied territories like Hungary and, and they were seizing the assets of the Hungarian people. So they were Nazis seizing assets, usually of the Jewish people and the, and and this man was participating in that process. So you hear what I'm saying? The man's name is George Soros. He said it on TV on 60 minutes. He laughed about it 25 years ago. Now, we have laws that if you help the Nazis, you should be deported, even if you got citizenship here, because you should not have gotten citizenship if you admitted that you were aiding the Nazis. Nobody's ever talked about that, as far as I know. And you know what they will do? They'll take George Washington down 200 years later, 250 years later, because they think that that's what they can do or should do. And meanwhile, we haven't admitted Nazi? I don't know what uh, collaborator, participant, sympathizer. I don't know what pick the term. And so, anyway, you got to see what uh, Jack Posobiec put up on social media and take a look. It's crazy. These are crazy, crazy people. And again, what's really it's it's sad more than it's funny because you, no one needs to see this stuff. No one needs to hear this stuff. It shouldn't be going on in our country. But it is. Um, it is worth noting that when you have. These uh, these crazy people. It doesn't help a guy like Joe Biden, because nobody thinks the D.C. mayor and, and Donald Trump's party are the same party. This is Do- this is Joe Biden's party that wants to get rid of the of the, of the Washington Monument. Think about it. Crazy, crazy stuff. All right, we gotta wrap things up. Thank you as always for listening to the program. Thank you to know our fearless technical director, Joanna, for helping book the guests. And don't forget, go to proamerica sign up for the daily wink, follow me on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin and come back tomorrow night. We'll be here. It's Ed Martin on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then.